All right, y'all, welcome to PTC Cast episode 35 today. Chris and I talk about recovering through a surgery or a setback, self-talk, positive and negative, and we answer a couple questions at the end. Yep. This episode is brought to you by progressthroughchange.com where you can get your four easy habits for fat loss guide. It's about 10 seconds, if even that, to download. Yeah. You could try to speed run it, <laughs> and it'll change your life, man. It's a free PDF. Doesn't cost you nothing. Enjoy the show. When did we, when was our first episode? Was that March? Or April of last year? I honestly don't know. That's crazy. Yeah, it's been a while. Maybe? I don't know. I really would. Ha- I really would have to check because we try to do one once a week and we're at thirty something now. Yeah, I think we're at like thirty five. So we're somewhere 36. in there. Thirty five, thirty six. Um, today, man, I want to get a little bit into what's been going on with me the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I had a hernia surgery um, a Monday and a half ago. A Monday and a half ago. A week and a half ago. Yeah, it's been about uh, I don't know eleven days, something like that. Um, and you know, previous to that hernia surgery, I was, you know, in pretty significant amount of pain from said hernias. Yeah. And, um, so I haven't been in the gym for three or four weeks now. I haven't been able to lift. Um, I was able to go back to work this week, but you know, I kind of just got to point at everybody and tell them what to do instead of, you can't lift more than five five pounds. pounds, Yep. Five pounds is my, uh, my surgeon's hard, hard rule. Um, and I train my surgeon, so I see him. Oh, you do? Yeah. I see him twice or three times a week actually. And so, um. He's one that will keep me in check. But anyways, um, today I really just kind of wanted to get into, you know, everything I've been doing around that and, you know, ways I've been trying to keep myself um, structured and Mm -hmm. moving the ways that I can. Yeah, because when you have that surgery, it puts all of that, you know, your previous life at a halt. Yeah. For for temporarily. Yeah, I mean, I was prepping for a bodybuilding show. I was, I think I was 10 weeks out. Yeah. Um, I was 10 weeks out when I had to stop, you know, lifting. Um, but yeah, man, so I've, I've pivoted and I've just tried to focus on, you know, what I can. And, mm-hmm. you know, right now, obviously I can't resistance train, but freaking thank God I can walk as much as I'd like. Yeah. So right now I'm walking and I'm doing my best to keep my nutrition in check. So my current goal is just focusing on fat loss. So quick, easy pivot, you know, resistance training is honestly always the fun part to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, eating a lot of food after a heavy lifting session is also, you know, a the very other good part for me. Indulgent part. Yeah, yeah, but it's okay, man. Like it gives me something else to focus on and it gives me an opportunity to, you know, miss the thing that I used to do every day for 10 years in a row. Yeah. So this is by far the longest I'll have been out of the gym. Um, but you know, it's been, um, it's actually been kind of a cool process just slowly, you know, reacclimating myself. Um, my surgery was, this previous, not this previous Monday, but the one before. Yeah. So day of, you know, I'm obviously on my butt all day. Um, that Tuesday I was on my butt all day, but I believe it was Wednesday. I went halfway down the street and halfway back with my walk. So we're talking like, I mean, it probably took me like 10, 15 minutes to go like a third or a fourth of the distance I usually do. I mean, I'm talking about like a 30 minute mile pace here. Yeah. So very So you were slow. having to walk really Yeah, man. Slow. I mean, it was yeah. basically like more of a limp than anything. And I had, you know, surgeon approved and everything. So yeah. I was good to walk. That next day, I went a little bit farther down the road and around the corner, but mm-hmm. probably about the same pace. So that was what, Thursday. That Friday, a little bit farther, about the same pace. That Saturday, finally could do, you know, my usual 10 minute route that I usually do with Cora. Um, couldn't take Cora cause she'll pull me and pop my stitches, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, she, uh, anyways, where I was trying to go with that is really, I've just been focusing every day on doing what I can and mm-hmm. trying to do a little bit more. Cause I think it's, you know, health and wellness, man, particularly fitness is one of those things where we get so concerned with the things that we can't control, mm-hmm. right? Like 
and that I think that's everything from the excuse of genetics to knowledge to physical capability to you know the 45 year old guy in the gym that said well I used to bench three plates before I blew my shoulder out and it's like well yeah man but there's other things that you could focus on or do exactly I guess where I'm trying to go with that man is it's like it's sometimes things are just out of your control Mm -hmm. and you have to readjust yeah and that's exactly what you did with this yeah. Like you were training, weightlifting before. Like you said, you had that bodybuilding competition you were prepping for. Shit happened. Yeah. You needed surgery. Yep. Instead of, you know, sulking and kind of just chilling, you decided, right. well, hey, I can walk. Maybe I can't build muscle right now, but I can lose fat. Right. I'm going to go on a trip soon. So that'll align with, you know, me looking and feeling better sure. for that trip. So, Boom. You're good. You have something to do now. Right. Even with, you know, the limitations that you have. Right. You're still progressing. Right. In some kind of way, which is really cool. Yeah, man. And I'm, I don't know about you personally, but I am one and I, I have to have some sort of structure or some sort of, you know, thing yes. I'm working towards or doing or otherwise, man, I revert back to 15 year old Alex playing World of Warcraft for 12 hours a day and eating fucking Taco cool Bell and bags of Cool Ranch Doritos. Yeah, man, <laughs> yeah. you know my staple. So it's just one of those things, man, where it's almost like it's not only the like the physical point of moving and making progress, but it's the mental point. Right? Yeah, it's the it's the keeping yourself aware and in check. And you know, sometimes I feel like when I talk about it, I and this might this this might just be a a point on my end and my inability to communicate. But sometimes when I talk about it, it almost sounds like, um, like I'm a slave to myself and that I make myself do those things, but I choose to do those things because I know I'm my better self when I do those things. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does make you know? sense. So I'm not like waving the finger at anybody who didn't walk three days after surgery or whatever. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm trying to get across here. Like my point is, is that I know for me personally, I feel my best mentally when I do what I can. Yeah. You know, you understand that like the things you do now will affect how you feel, how you look, mm-hmm. how whatever in the future. Yeah. So you do what you have to do. Yeah. Have you ever heard the phrase feeling follows action? Feeling follow. I believe in that. Yeah. I've never heard that phrase, yeah. but that's so true. 100%. Yeah. And there's man. And I, I cannot even get close to expressing to you how many times I've had a client come in who either was not in the mood was in some sort of pain was having some kind of bad day and by the end of that session man i i don't want to sit here and say they're feeling great and they were good to go but they were a hell of a lot better than when they walked in there oh yeah you know and so sometimes i think especially you know if you're someone who's dealing with a surgery or a setback or something along those lines you can get really caught in this whole like woe is me Mm -hmm. and then start feeling bad for yourself and then man that shit like I'm so hesitant to even take one step in that direction because it's so easy for that to just snowball into so much more. Yeah, it's weird. It's almost like when you get in that, you know, area, you want to stay in there. But um, when it comes to like working out and feeling better, I know when I went, when I was recently going through some stuff and I would force myself to go to the gym, I noticed that I would feel better for the rest of the day. Yeah. And so... I took that knowledge and when I was feeling shitty, I'd make myself go to the gym. Yeah. So something that I didn't want to do and, you know, I'd go to the gym and then boom, you know, I'd feel way Mm -hmm. better for the rest of the day. So that's just like, yeah, you know, sometimes you may not want to do, you know, what you want to do in the moment, but if you understand that it will benefit you in the future, then yeah, you know, just go knock it out. Right. 
Right. And, and I think part of that is like picking your process and sticking to your process. Yes. You know, cause that for lack of a better term, I don't want to say that takes emotion out of it, but that turns into like, you know, obviously I couldn't walk for a couple of days, but everybody and their mom knows that I'm the guy who walks every morning, mm-hmm. you know? So it was like, it's a big part of my routine and my mental health and, who and, you and are, what yeah. I like to do. Yeah, man. It, it, it's huge for me. It's a, it's my literally my favorite way to start the day. Mm-hmm. And so as soon as I could, you know, I walked and not, not to the best of my ability, not anywhere close to like my usual pace or, I mean, even honestly, even those first couple of days were like not even really enjoyable just because I was kind of pissed off about the whole situation. But you know, it's, it's one of those things where like, I just needed to stay in that routine mm. and to get some sunshine, get some endorphins, move a little bit, you know, cause otherwise, you know, otherwise I get out of bed and then I go sit on the couch and yeah. then I'm going to watch TV or yeah. I'm going to, you know, order something off DoorDash or something. You know what I mean? Like it, it's, it spirals, man. And so it becomes this thing where it's like, I'm just trying to almost, it, it's, it's one thing of maintaining good habits because good habits, I think, keep you ahead of bad habits. Yeah. Like, and I think that that's something that's maybe a little bit overlooked is it's like, if you're setting yourself up for success or setting the tone to your day, however you want to phrase that, you, you put yourself in the driver's seat. You're building Does momentum. That yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, like you, you saying that, you know, it's harder or it shields yourself from those bad you know, habits when you're doing those good habits, that's because, you know, you're building momentum. Right. Um, like if you do one day of walking, obviously it's pretty easy to cut that habit. Yeah. You know, the next day, but if you do a month of walking, right. You know, every morning it's going to feel weird not walking that, you know, the first day after that month, you know? And, but I think that goes, you know, both ways. Mm -hmm. If you're, you know, starting off bad habits, you need to cut that like really quick yeah because you're going to start building momentum for those bad habits yep and then whenever you you know decide oh wait this is pretty bad you know i should do this this and this well it's going to be a lot harder implementing those right. good habits now that you've built that you're momentum so, for those bad you're habits you're exactly right yeah and man whether you like it or not like humans are creature of a habit yes we are creatures of habit man and so it's one of those things where I don't know if, if you've ever done this, but I for sure have been guilty before. I say guilty. I for sure have done this before, but it's like, oh, I'm on my way home and I have tons of calories and, you know, it's been a long day. So I'm going to stop and, you know, hit whatever fast food drive through or do whatever, you, whatever. I find the next day I do the same thing. Yeah. Two days later, I do the same thing. Exactly. Three days later, I do yeah. the same thing. And it's like, yeah, if you do it once, maybe it's not a big deal, but it's more so the that you're you're taking a step in that direction, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It and does. Like in the grand scheme of things, one time it's not a big deal, but when you think that like you know that tiny snowball could turn into a big ass avalanche, maybe that's just like somewhere you want to stay away from. Mm-hmm. And you know, I would say someone like me who has been you know upwards of thirty percent body fat and as low as four to five percent body fat, like I definitely don't have a normal relationship with food. Yeah. So that's something that I do my best to, you know, control similar to the walking, right? Like I try to walk as much as I can, man, or every Mm -hmm. day for the sake of the the good habit and the consistency. Whereas I try to stay away from those types of food decisions because of the bad consistency that comes with that, 
you know, it's like, as soon as you feel that comfort, you're going to keep going back to it. Yeah. And you know, your own weaknesses, your own Mm -hmm. strengths. So because you're saying that you maybe don't have the best relationship with foods, you know, that you have to be disciplined it's in that, that area or yeah, more discipline yeah. in that area than yeah. maybe other areas in yeah. your life. It's so it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be uh, different for every person. So yeah, find out like what for the people watching this, find out what your weaknesses are, yeah. what you may be you uh, susceptible to. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just add some extra padding yeah. there. You for know? some, yeah. And for some people that could be something like, you know, it's hard for them to build a workout routine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they're having a crazy day and suddenly they miss their hour of workout, well, it's like, all right, man, well, then you better post up and do 20 knee push ups and 100 squats or something like that. Just, you know what I mean? Just, just for the sake of, just for the sake mm-hmm. of doing it, you know? Or if, again, you're like me and you're someone that you take one step in that food direction and it's a slippery slope. Yeah. You know, so then it's like, okay, well, what kind of, you know, healthy snacks can we have at the ready? How can I be, you know, on top of my meals every day. So I don't feel like I need to eat more, you know, is there, can I get like a sparkling water instead of a, a Coke or, you know what I mean? Like so it's something just, to like tiptoe on that border, something to get, right. Maybe something what you something want, to get you the satisfaction without having to go down that road. Exactly. You know, it's cause there's people out there, man, who can have like, you know, a bite of something. And there's other people who like, won't even do that because mm-hmm. it's going to lead to who knows what, mm-hmm. you know? And I've always found personally, like, you know, you're at a Mexican restaurant or a party or something and there's a bowl of chips out, right? To me, it's way easier to not do any chips than to just do one chip. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with chips or enjoying yourself or anything like that. That was just the example that comes to mind. But, but when you like, have a delicious yeah. bowl of crisp chips yeah. with some exactly. salsa. Yeah, man. I went to Gloria's the other day fresh. and I ate Yeah, a you whole can smell them. Yeah, they're still kind of warm and salty yeah. and crispy. Yeah, man. Yeah, La Hacienda is my go-to uh, La Mexican place. Yeah. For sure. That place is good. But yeah, yeah, man. But so it's just one of those things where you have to be like deadly careful with your habits. And I think, I think that's true everywhere. You know, I've, you know, I've talked with clients who, you know, they figured out, you know, how they ended up at their worst point. Mm. You know, some people that's like, well, every morning I did Whataburger on the way to work. Some people that's like, you know, every morning I, you know, had a large Coke from McDonald's and, you know, a breakfast burrito. And then it's like those habits, man, like in a once isolated incident, I say incident, once yeah. isolated, you know, event or whatever you want to call yeah. it, are, it's, it's really not a big deal. Mm. But it's when that thing compounds again it becomes and again a habit. and again and again. Man, when I was like 16 or 17, I used to have two peanut butter jelly sandwiches and a glass of milk every single night. Mm. That every sounds delicious, night. by the way. It does sound delicious, yeah. but it's, <laughs> it doesn't look delicious on your body. You no, know? exactly. Because, man, it was, it's, it was just one of those things where it's like I did it once because I was like, I don't know. I was like up playing video games in the middle of the night and I was starving. I did it once and then I was like, oh, that was kind of nice. And then the next night I'm up in the middle of the night playing video games. And so oh, I'm like, oh, let me get, me, yeah, and yeah. the next day, the next day, the next day. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, man, you just, you got to be like, you got to be hesitant with steps like that. Yeah. Um, these habits that you're building, positive or negative, they become a part of your thought process, a part mm-hmm. of your belief systems, yep. Yep. a part of your physical appearance. Yep. Like it literally becomes who you are. Yep. You are what you do every day. I feel like that sounds cliche as hell, no. but oh my gosh, it's so true. Yeah. You like, are what you do every day. Yeah. Um, if you don't, like w- one of the things, uh, for example, that I'm, I guess, seeing right now for when I was in my funk for, you know, the past like three and a half months, whatever, I was always thinking very negatively and blah, blah, blah. What was me? Um, even though I was able to, you know, 
do whatever I had to do during sure. the day. But I just started re- listening to this audio uh, book called um, The Magic of Thinking Big. I've read the book a couple of times, mm-hmm. but I just came across it, started playing it. And the first chapter talks about belief in yourself and then like negative self-talk. Yeah. And so every morning since um, about like a week and a half ago, I've been listening to that. And dude, like I've been way happier just these one and a half weeks than I have been in the past four months. And it was literally me just habitually every morning um, thinking that, hey, today's a wonderful day. Like it sounds cliche, yeah. but those simple thoughts became a part of my actual reality. Right. So something as simple as that made that big of an effect on my life, you know? Yeah. And yeah, it just goes to every, everything that you choose to mm-hmm. or you decide to do or not to do will affect you as yeah, a person. I agree with that. Well, and it's, I like what you said about the positive and negative self-talk because I'm, I'm guilty of, of doing some negative self-talk personally. I think we all are to some mm-hmm. extent, you know, it, I think it's hard because we all maybe hold ourselves to a certain expectation or standard and that, you know, negative self-talk can tend to follow that if that standard or expectation is not met. But more so where I was trying to go with that is you got to be like, you have to be very careful with the things you say about yourself and the things that you believe out yes. loud. You know, like um, I have a client who sometimes she'll miss a lift and she'll call herself a failure. And I'm like, man, you, you fucking A, you have to be careful with what you say. Yes. Because if you say it, your brain's going to believe it. And you Joking keep saying or not. It, going, yeah, ex- I can give a fuck less if it's a joke or yeah. not. You said it, you mean it. A, every joke has a little bit of truth behind yep. it, man. Like you have to be deadly careful with the things that you say and that you put into the air. Mm-hmm. It's call it whatever, call it your energy, call it your aura, call it your beliefs, whatever, man. But it's like, there are just certain things that you have to be very careful when you, when you say, if they're about yourself or the things that you do or, or who you are or, or whatever, you know? So I, I really like that you said that because I think that that's something that kind of ties in together. Like, you know, if you're someone who, whatever is hitting McDonald's on the way home in the drive through every day. And then you start calling yourself a fat fuck. Well then you're going to act like a fat, you're going to keep going to McDonald's every single time. You know, if you're someone who, if you're someone who can't, you know, can't wake up at the first ring of their alarm and you're like, man, I just, I can't wake up to that alarm. Like I can't, you won't because you've told yourself in your head that you are a person that can't do that task or cannot do that thing or does this thing or that thing you've categorized yourself you've labeled yourself and whether you consciously think it or not you're going to act that way yeah so it's it's deadly important i think especially i think it's even more powerful if you're speaking those things out aloud yep like a hundred percent it's one thing to have them floating in your brain um because it's kind of like, you know, just abstract, just moving mm-hmm. around. I'm not saying that, you know, it's good. It's definitely not. Yeah. But if you're speaking them out loud, then you're clearly defining yeah. those words and attributing them to yourself. Yeah. And I'm glad you clarified saying that out loud because I think it is 100% totally normal to have those thoughts. Yeah. If anything, you're probably a crazy narcissist if you don't have those thoughts at some mm-hmm. point. Yeah. But the, the difference is communicating them and making them tangible and entertaining them. Yes. And, you know, I guess if it's a problem and it's something you got to talk to someone about, that's a different scenario. But I'm sitting here saying, you know, if you're calling yourself a failure every day, you're going to be a fucking failure. Yes. If you're calling yourself, you know, weak every day, you're going to be stupid every day, you're going to be stupid. Like it's, it's, it's super obvious, I think, because it's like either you, 
you keep on this trend of believing it and, and reaffirming it and saying it again and again and again, or you decide you just won't, you just won't entertain it, you know? And so it's, it's one of those things where I just, I feel like it's, it's so important to keep in the back of your brain. Your words have energy, man. And I hope that, you know, for the people who are listening to this, they don't just blow that whole segment off. Cause I know, again, it sounds cliche. Yeah. It sounds like some self-help book BS. Yeah. But it is so true, man. Yeah. Like that's that's one of the definite truths that I can say about my life is whenever I'm speaking positively about myself, yeah. I feel better. Yeah. I'm more confident. I'm able to do more things. Yeah. My ability is like a lot higher yeah. and everything is just way better. Yeah. One hundred one one 100%, man. 100%. Yeah. You know, I think for me, the reason it took me a lot, you know, it took me through the end of my childhood and, and into my teenage years to lose, to lose, you know, the majority of my weight was because I was, I was the fat kid. And that yeah. was the, you know, that's what I just told myself. And that was sort of the, the box that I fit in, mm-hmm. you know? And so it was an incredible battle just to be able to not only not think of myself that way, but not do the things that made me that way. But it started with not saying those things. You know yes. what I mean? Like yeah. to me, it's a lot, it's a lot easier if you just stop entertaining those ideas. Yeah. You stop manifesting them. Be careful with your words, you know? Be careful with your words and your thoughts. Yes. 100%. Words are, yeah, more powerful. Thoughts are going to be with you all day, every yeah. day. So make yeah. sure that you actually have some influence on them. Yeah. And it's and like it's going the right direction. You know, which ones are you going to entertain? And sometimes you might have to. You know, sometimes you might have to spin that thought to make it something positive for yourself. Like, you know, maybe, hey, this time I failed on this, but I can do X, Y, Z so that next time I'm ready. Exactly. You know, or you're not self-defeating yourself when you say it like that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You know, this time I couldn't get up to that alarm, but next time I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get to bed earlier and put that alarm farther away so I can't just snooze it, you know, or something like that. I mean, you know, it's if you can have sort of an action plan that follows it, sure, but you should not just sit there thinking I'm fat. I'm a failure. I'm this, I'm that. That's not going to It's like poison. Yeah, literally, literally all your I don't know if you're looking for empathy. I don't know if you're looking for a sad way. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I think sometimes it does feel good to feel sad, mm-hmm. but 100%. We um, all we all at some point I think like to feel bad yeah, for ourselves and but think, don't think make that, that a we habit. have it harder or we have it rough yeah. or think something's wrong with us or there's some reason why and again whether that's like whether that's genetics or time or responsibilities or knowledge or whatever excuse under the sun that you want to make. It's like at the end of the day, you know, everybody is working with a different set of cards and a different set of beliefs and a different set of, for lack of a better term, just mentalities, mm-hmm. you know, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of my two cents there. So, you know, when it comes to getting through that surgery, that injury, whatever that thing might be, I think the biggest step, you know, after doing what you can, and sometimes, you know, doing what you can might be, I'm kind of tangenting here, but sometimes doing what you can, man, like if I couldn't walk at all, I guess then I would, you know, maybe I would find a a video series online or something I could learn about or something, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's more so just the raw fact that it's something that's not going to leave me feeling like I'm doing nothing exactly yeah yeah but anyways let me try to get this back on track so you know as far as it goes 
and, and reacclimating and getting back into the gym and back into those, those routines, something I think that is really important is respecting the injury or surgery or whatever it was and being very slow with your reacclimation. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys think that like, all right, I'm four weeks post-surgery, like my surgeon said, so now I'm good to go. So I'm going to go back to doing, you know, 20 sets of chest and 20 sets of triceps <laughs> and 20 sets of shoulders. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's not quite that simple. Like you have to crank yourself back up to that. And I always, with everything in this realm, man, I always encourage starting as small as you can. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've actually already written out all my programming for when I start again, one set on everything for the first two weeks. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That's it, man. After that, maybe two sets on stuff I like, you know, but it's when you keep in the back of your brain that all of this is stimulus response and you've had no stimulus for whatever, four weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks, whatever your surgery or injury puts you at, your stimulus, your need for stimulus is so small. It's so minute. It's so it's like, you know, you can't expect yourself to just hit it a hundred miles an hour right off the bat. You start with 10 miles an hour mm-hmm. and 15 and then 20 and then, you know, take your time working it back up so you don't end up regressing or landing worse where you were before. Yeah. You know, that's very smart. Mm-hmm. I never completely utilize uh, the power of progressive overloading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's a really smart way to do, do it. Yeah. It's interesting that you use the word, um, the words progressive overload there. Um for those who are unaware, it's just a simple concept of each training session you want to do a little bit more so that way you can recover. But there's a, a phrase called the volume trap where, mm-hmm. you know, hyper beginners, brand new people will start doing like way too much. So they'll start where they'll like absolutely destroy themselves. They'll come into a workout and then they can't walk the next day. And what they don't understand is it's way too much stimulus. You don't, yeah. you don't have the capacity to properly respond to that. Nope. So that's why it's always been funny to me, man. And I've had so many conversations with clients like this that, you know, there's personal trainers out there who like, it's a little bit of like a pride ego thing. Like I have the hardest workouts. Like people get mm-hmm. fucked up the most when they train with me. Like we go hard and it's like, okay, for like advanced athletes or someone who's nutrition and recovery and all that's on point. Great. But like, that's that should not be the case for you know soccer mom of two that's forty five yeah, with no. two knee replacements man like you know what I mean it, yeah. it's it's just one of those things where it's like the answer is not always pedal to the metal as much as you can as hard as you can you know it's do it right work your way up to it and add over time mm-hmm. you know overreaching is probably something I see way too often in the gym just trying to do way too much yeah sometimes you think that you have to yeah but like you said if your stimulus bar is down here then you only have to go right here yeah to get what what you need to do you don't need to go up here yeah and then have to recover for a whole week yeah you know (laughs) until you can do your next workout oh yeah yeah there's a very uh popular bodybuilder over in the uk his name is um i might be wrong i believe it's jordan peters but um he is kind of notorious i say notorious He's kind of known, notorious, he's kind of known for being like the progressive overload guy. So this is a dude that like, you know, will do like four plates on each side on whatever bench press or some shit like that. And he'll go for like eight reps. And then the next week he's going to put a one pound plate on each side and try to do eight reps. He's going, he's upping his weight two pounds and I'm just pulling numbers around, but you're, you get my point. I do. Yeah. The point is not necessarily the numbers. It's not necessarily like. It's not necessarily trying to get the numbers to increase. What's the way I'm trying to phrase this? You're looking for a stimulus. 
that stimulus mm. needs to be just a little bit more than last time. That's all. Yeah. It doesn't need to be 20 pounds more, 50 pounds more, 100 pounds more. It just needs to be a little bit more. However, however you quantify that. Mm. Sometimes that could even be like the same weight and the same reps, but maybe you pause in the hardest position or maybe you slow the tempo down or maybe your form yeah. is just better, you know? So there's, there's different, different ways to quantify that, but it's like, all right, if you could just imagine if you could just be 1% better every time, like imagine being 1% better every time for 10 years. That's a hell of a lot. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, man, that's a huge jump. Yeah. So it's just one of those things where I don't know if we get blinded by our ego and we just want to load up the bar. I don't know if we are impatient and we just want things as fast as we can. It might be some combination of all of that. I know for me, it's just the fact that the results don't exist as of right now or the results from five years from now doesn't exist now. So I'm like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. You're like, I'm trying to get results right now. Yeah. Yeah. But those results, you know, five years from now, if I was to stay you know, consistent and do it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. That would be way better than the results I'd yeah. get from a month from now. Yeah. 100% you know? man. Dang. All right, man. Will you hand me my phone? Let's get some questions going. Let's do it. Thanks, sir. So we're going to start ending each episode with a little Q and a section for anyone who would like to ask a question, feel free to shoot a DM to progress through change on Instagram. We are also posting on story often, taking questions there as well. So we're going to see if we can um, knock a couple of these out and see what we think. Okay, this is a good one. What's the best indicator for you that a client will be successful? So before I answer that, because this sounds like it's to me since it's about a client, I'd like to know what you think. So I'm going to say, I'm going to use the word client, but let's say, let's say a buddy wants to, let's say a buddy wants to work out with you. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's say a buddy wants to work out with you and that buddy is ground zero. Never worked out before. never done a nutrition or anything. I'm sure you've had this scenario before. How do you know that guy's going to be successful? What kind of enthusiasm? Enthusiasm. Yes. If follow up on that, if they're working, like, let's say there's two types of people that I've seen in the gym. One of them you know, they do a set or in the middle of the workout, they just finished a set and, you know, they're laying down on the floor, kind of like breathing heavy and like, oh, what the hell, man? Oh, no, no, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then there's another guy that's doing that, but smiling. Yeah. It's like, hell yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, whenever it's his turn to go again, he's jumping up, yeah. you know, smiling, ready to go. Like, yeah. that's the person that I guess I enjoy because or that I think will be successful uh, with training long term. Yeah. Because they're very enthusiastic about it and they're like up for the challenge every single time they're, they're ready. They're ready to take the at bat. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even if they are, you know, in a bunch of pain, they're still pretty excited to To do what they can. Yeah, exactly. To be there and do what they can. Yeah. I would say for me, I I would 100% agree with that. Like when someone gets excited after a set or somebody gets like, you know, it's a PR or something and that enthusiasm and excitement is there. Mm-hmm. But I think a big part of it is the ability to accept your micro victories, your small wins, like whatever that might be, because it might not be the thing that you want right now. You might not be 20 pounds right down right now, but you are two pounds down and that's mm-hmm. 10% of the way there. That's a good point. And yeah. you should feel good about that because you're moving in the right direction. You know, so I, I think it's, it's the enthusiasm. Yes, I agree with you, but it's also the ability to, see 
where you're going, see the progress that's being made. You notice that you could pick up that case of water bottles easier. Mm. You notice that new line that's in your bicep. You know, you, you can tell that your, your waistband is moving a little bit. Cause that's you know? going to keep you addicted mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it's not only that, you know, you use the phrase like addicted to it and, and I agree with what you're saying, but I think it's more so like knowing that it's working. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And on the flip side of that, I think it's the ability to acknowledge what you're doing is not working if it's not working. Yes. You know, it's yeah. like, okay, well, I haven't got stronger. I haven't been able to do more reps. My body hasn't changed at all. I feel the same. Like at that point, you know, you're doing something wrong. If you're training with me, that won't be the case. But yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying for maybe anybody who's, you know, starting this endeavor on their own, it's like you have to find a way to honestly and accurately assess because, you know, some tons of women that I train, man, will, will seriously make some, some good progress. I'm mm-hmm. talking like, you know, a couple inches off the waist, a lot stronger, like different definition of the glutes and hamstrings and upper back and shoulders and arms. And, you know, I, I see changes all the time, but obviously I'm biased. Right. So I try not to be the one to bring it up, but then, you know, I'll listen to self-talk from some people and it's funny, we're ending back up on self-talk, man, but it, yeah. it really is. It's like, what are you telling yourself? What are you acknowledging? What are you taking your victories? Sure, man, your waist not be, might not be like as tight as you want it to be right now, but look at your bicep. Or, you know, whatever, your curls might not be as strong as you want them to be right now. But, you know, look at how great your mobility is and you can hit a full lunge now, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever that means. But it's like the enthusiasm and the ability to take those wins and run with them. Yes. And, and not, you know, you're not getting cocky, you're not getting comfortable or anything, but it's like, all right, I'm, I know what I'm doing is working. Yeah. It's some reaffirmation. It's, it's a checkpoint. It's a micro victory. It's 1% better. It's half a percent better, Mm -hmm. whatever that means. So, yeah. Let's do one more. Uno mas. Uno mas. Do you use a different method slash approach with each client? And if so, how do you determine what method would be best for that particular client? That's a good question. So I don't really know how to address the method slash approach, but I would say it's different for everybody. Um, and that's mainly because the process is different for everybody. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that could be goal dependent. That could be personality dependent. That could be level of priority dependent, right? Somebody might be coming in to see me and this is their number one priority in their life right now. Somebody could be coming in to see me and they have, you know, a full-time job and three kids and two other business endeavors and, you know, and so training is like priority five or six, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's going to, to be a big part of it. I got to look at the question again. That's a good point though. I never thought about those other categories. Yeah. Well, it it is, man. Like you have to kind of keep that in the back of your brain because otherwise, like everybody doesn't want to be Mr. Olympia Yeah, and that's okay, Uh you know? But, um, so I, I would say the method slash approach is, is going to be different for everybody because, you know, sometimes, you know, I have some clients who like basically just want me to murder them for an hour mm-hmm. and it's like, they want the, the hardest variations. They want to do triple drop sets. They want to have the sickest pump. They want to be the biggest guy in the gym. And then I have some people who it's like, all right, well, we're looking to make progress, but you know, I don't want to be sore tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. There's, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with that. But so a lot of that is going to depend. But as far as like the method would be for the best particular client, hmm, that's a hard one. I would say the biggest part I think is learning the individual, figuring out what exactly they want from it and figuring out like 
not only where their failure point is, but how close they're willing to go to that. So implementing that would take, you know, a while. Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's a bit of a process because to some people, some people failure, when I say failure, I'm talking about form failure, like your ability to do the exercise properly, not mm-hmm. just do the exercise. Yeah. But some people w- will go to like actual failure, but some people will stop at five shy of failure and call it failure because it's uncomfortable. Mm. And there's nothing, you know, obviously it's, it's better to go to true failure. Sure. But, you know, if that individual calls that their failure, okay, that tells me this is how I'm kind of going to move moving forward. You know, if I think you can do 15 to 20, I'm going to ask you for 15. If I think you can do 20 to 25, I'm going to ask you for 20. Yeah. But if it's somebody who's like, you know, reaching to the best of their ability each time, the only reason they fail is because they truthfully cannot do it. Not that they chose not to do it. That was a lot of words. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. Yeah. So that not that they can't do it, but that they choose not to do it. It's going to adjust what exercises I pick, how much volume we do and things like that. Gotcha. Cause you know, someone who I can get to go to true failure, maybe you only need, you know, two sets on, you know, one specific body part. But if someone's trying to, you know, maybe stop a few reps shy of failure, they don't want to be too sore tomorrow. Maybe we do more sets, less reps and keep everything at whatever mm-hmm. 70, 80% of the way there. Yeah. So a lot of it is, it's going to be pretty case case dependent. Um, but as far as like, if the question is, you know, method or style or approach, typically everybody works in some sort of superset or circuit. Um, yeah. so usually I have everybody doing exercise one, exercise two, we'll rest for a little bit, exercise one, exercise two, we'll rest for a little bit. And then we'll move on to exercise three, exercise four, we'll rest mm-hmm. a little bit, exercise three, exercise four, we'll rest a little bit. Um, and that's really just because I think that's the most efficient way to approach it. But you know, some people have different goals. Like if it's, if we're powerlifting, all right, well, we're going to be, you know, deadlifting for half an hour and then benching for half an hour, yeah. you know? So it's, it's, it's going to be case dependent for sure. Yeah. That's, that's sure. definitely case dependent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. So let's wrap it up there, man. Um, we will call it a day. Thank y'all for listening. See you. Peace.